0: Hello, hello, welcome back to Unraveling What's Within. This is Jeanette, your host. Oh man, I am really excited slash a little anxious. <laughs> um, because I have my second client this week. Um, so I kind of thought that it would be a really great uh idea. <laughs> Um, to do the, uh, therapy session today. So uh, talking about what a therapy assessment looks like, um, meaning what, what is the therapist going to be asking you when you visit them for the first time? What are questions you can ask them? Um, what are some things that might come up? Um, yeah. Uh, and... This is just coming up because I know that quite a lot of people don't really understand the first uh, session with their therapist, like the purpose of it and why they're being asked so many different questions. And sometimes because there's so many questions that are being asked, it can be really, really intimidating for some people. Um, And so then they just end up not coming back or they just feel really intimidated by their therapist. Um, and it just sets things off funky, um, but of course your therapist should walk you through it and tell you what's going on. I also have been in the ballpark of, like, (laughs) seeing a therapist and them asking me a million five questions and not, like, really building a relationship with me, which is called building rapport, and that's, like, building, like, a foundation of, like, comfort and safety with your therapist. And sometimes therapists will do that during their first session. They'll like build that foundation with you. Um, whereas some therapists will kind of just like go straight into the assessment of asking a million five questions. So all of this and all of what I'm saying will make a lot more sense once we dive in. Um, so So, let's get started. Okay. So, the first session that you have with a therapist, usually, across most of the United States, will be an assessment. Um, And it should be an assessment. Um, And what I mean by assessment is that um, we're assessing... I'm not a therapist yet. I'm in training, so I can't call myself a therapist. But um, I I still do have to do the assessment as part of my training. Um, Back to what we were saying, the assessment is essentially just assessing what is your concern. Why are you wanting to go to therapy? What are the goals that you want to kind of set yourself up for and work with your therapist with? And like the underlying factors that are affecting your mental health, your physical health, um, your sexual health. All of these questions are just to get a really good picture of what's going on overall in your life. Because we understand as people who are training to be a therapist or who are already a therapist, Know that every single part of your life affects the other part of your life. So if you've read The Body Keeps the Score, it talks about how your physical health will be a um, representation of or a response to trauma that you've had in the past. It kind of deep dives into it and it's a bit like, uh, I'll give you a trigger warning, at at times we'll talk about things in depth and it's like a little bit too into it. <laughs> um, so if you're really sensitive to like imagery, um, it might not be a book that you really wanna get into, um, but it is really helpful to understand how trauma really affects the body, the mental health, um, and the different symptoms that happen um, because of trauma or because of a high amount of stress. And so the assessment is to get that picture. How has trauma or stress or what's going on in your life, how is that impacting you? And how in the past, um, how has the past in your past relationships also taken effect of like how you cope with stress in your life Um, because by understanding how you cope with stress it'll help the therapist understand okay like is the way that this person coping um really functional for them is it helping it or is it making it worse are they drinking copious amounts of alcohol and it's just making them even more stressed out and more depressed Uh, And that's something that we can work on with them if that's what they want to do. Or like in the past, did they do yoga? And before this stressful incident happened, yoga really helped them out. So maybe let's reintroduce yoga. And that could be something that we can incorporate as a goal for them to do to help them with their stress now. Um, And help them with that motivation to go back to that. So that's really what the assessment is um, and why there's so many questions is to get a really good picture of what's going on. So I know that from my own experience, talking to a complete stranger about my trauma and what's going on in my life can be really hard <laughs> because it's a stranger. I mean, you, you don't know if they're going to judge you. Um, you don't know if they're going to stigmatize you, pathologize you. You're thinking of all of these sorts of like situations and, and you're doing that as a means to like protect yourself because, you know, it's a stranger and it's your story. Um, and that's, totally understandable that's totally understandable for you to feel on guard um and to feel really scared and maybe a bit anxious with talking about your story but if it helps you understand it in this way um by telling the person your full truth and the full story you're helping yourself in the long run, and it's about you and your health, more than it is about, like, the therapist. (laughs) You don't need to protect the therapist from your story, because your story isn't, like, that's the point of therapy, is to tell your story. Um, but of course, like, I, We also know as people that are training to be therapists and who are therapists that sometimes like unraveling that trauma and talking about it could take weeks, months, years. I had a speaker come into my school and um, she works with trauma, people with trauma, and she's a trauma specialist and she's had clients that it takes them five to six years in order to like talk about like really heavy trauma that they've never told anybody, but they were eventually able to. Um, so it's understandable for you to like not want to divulge everything and anything with your therapist during the first session. Um, but it is also really helpful to be as honest about what's going on in your life as much as you can so if that means like you're really telling them like hey like I drink six to seven beers a day rather than just saying like yeah I drink a lot (laughs) um it really helps them understand the full picture um but again go at your own pace um you know yourself better than the therapist the therapist should never ever Maybe I'll talk about this in a different maybe <laughs> a different podcast of like maybe things to look out for when it comes to like therapists. Um, but maybe that's not something that I can talk about. I would have to ask my ther- supervisor if I could talk about that because anyways, um, back to what we were saying. Um, yeah, you know yourself and your story way better than the therapist does. And the therapist has, the therapist's job is to help you and to work with you. The the point of therapy is to talk about it, to have somebody look at your life from a third-person perspective who has had educational experience and also... Um, one-on-one experience with people that have had trauma and who knows, like, different coping mechanisms or different things or exercises that you could do to help you um, set your goals. And if that your goal is to reduce your amount of stress, reduce your amount of anxiety, increase your happiness, reduce your depression, the most likely the therapist will, um, Bring in interventions and different types of exercises and coping mechanisms that you could use um, both during session and outside of session. Um, yeah, and so therapy is all for, about you. It's to help you and that's that's the point of it. <laughs> that's the point of the therapist's job is to work with you. Um, they don't know everything though. Um, they're not a, <laughs> they're not a certified <laughs> person in knowing who, I don't know, Gemma is or whatever your name is. Um, they don't know you 110%. They're not certified in saying like, hey, this is going to cure you. This is going to work out for you. They don't know that, but they do offer and they will offer throughout your experience in therapy different ways to help you and through trial and error you figure out what helps you and what doesn't and sometimes it can be frustrating because some coping mechanisms some things like exercises that they tell you (laughs) sorry uh that cut me off in the middle of the sentence but I'm back (laughs) my phone died so um what I was saying was uh, it can be really frustrating at times that different exercises or different things that your therapist tells you or suggests for you to do to help you with reducing your anxiety, increasing your sleep, doesn't end up working. Um, but that's the point um, of therapy is to try different things. Maybe some things work, maybe some things don't. It's going to be a trial and error um, of what works for you because no single not every single person uh functions the same way um there can be two twins that grew up in the same type of environment who have had the same amount of trauma and who coped and did the same amount of hobbies the same way uh and they end up very different. One ends up not having anxiety, is able to regulate themselves, is able to reduce their amount of stress by like taking breaths, knows and understands like hey this works for me, hey this doesn't, whereas the other twin might have severe depression, severe anxiety, might have a phobia of leaving the house. Um so no single person is the same way and environment and genetics play a very big role in how a person copes, how a person functions, how a person relates to the world. Um, and so different ex- exercises will work for you and some won't. Um, and that's okay. It's, uh, fun thing about being human <laughs> uh, is that we're not robots, which is great. <laughs> or are we? I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so back to the assessment. Um, so there's going to be quite a lot of questions. And as we talked about, the point of therapy is to help you, to help you uh, with your goals, to help you decrease whatever you need to decrease, stress, anxiety, whatever that is, Um, and so the assessment is to get a general picture, and so there's going to be questions about how much do you sleep, how is your sleep, um, how is your work life, uh, do you avoid going to work, are you really stressed at work, uh, how's your relationships with your family, um, what did that look like growing up, um, how's your relationship with your family now as opposed to in the past. Um, how are your relationships in general? Do you have anybody in your life that you can like lean on? Um, and what are some things that you really like to do? Uh, are these things like really helpful? Do they help you feel better about yourself? What's your relationship like with your, with yourself? Like, do you love yourself? Do you have sex? Do you masturbate? Like, These are, I mean, some therapists might ask about sex and masturbation, whereas others don't. Um, I will definitely be the type of therapist that does because sex and your relationship with your own body or masturbation or just your relationship in general with yourself is extremely important. Um, So, uh, but in general, mostly each therapist will be asking about just your sleep habits, um, your energy, uh, your eating habits, your relationships in your life, your past history, medical history, um, any surgeries you've had. So essentially (laughs) the same type of questions kind of that you would fill out for like a medical history, um, but also personalized of understanding your background as well when it comes to your social life um and again this is all to just get a general picture and understanding of who you are as a person now here in california i don't know how it is everywhere else i imagine that it's pretty much the same Um, but we also have to assess for I imagine that this is a general uh, question that all therapists should ask, but um, in regards to like past suicide ideation. So if you have had thoughts of suicide in the past, do you have thoughts of suicide now? Um, Are you feeling like you want to hurt yourself or hurt somebody else? And again, this is to understand how you are coping, how you're dealing with your stress, your depression, your mania, um, and get a general understanding of how, how you are. But also, if you are on that severe, not severe, but that's that's therapy lingo, I'm sorry. But if you're on that other end of the spectrum, where you're having consecutive thoughts of hurting yourself, consecutive thoughts of just like not wanting to be in this world and you have a plan and you have a way to do it. The therapist's job usually, especially in California, is to help you find a a way to cope and not end your life. Um, So they will go through means as a means to prevent that. So if that means that, but a therapist should assess. So they should ask you questions to understand where in that spectrum you are feeling and how they're gonna do that. So if you were to call a hotline, for example, like the Trevor Project, I know the Trevor Project does this, where if you are texting them or calling them and you're already within the means to um to end your life they will have somebody come and visit you um but before they get to that point they see and they see if they could help you like calm down they see if they you can they can help you um find means to like feel better so if that's like breathing if that's journaling talking to them talking to a friend um so they talk to you about that and the last last step that most therapists um and hotlines like the Trevor Project will do will be to call um somebody um to help you And be there for you so that you don't end your life Um, and that's just in California and unfortunately um, I can't really go into depth in regards to just like my own feelings of like politics and that way of it Um, so but yeah that's that's when they ask you about suicide and they ask you about Yourself, that's why they ask you to understand where you are and how you're feeling. <coughs> and um, in California, therapists are mandated reporters, and what that means is that if you tell them that somebody is um, not of legal age. And they are being hurt physically, emotionally, mentally um, by an adult or caregiver, Um, they are mandated to report. And so they'll file paperwork um, and report it to the local police, and then the police will do their thing. After that, then the police are in charge. and that is as a means to protect the person that is a child, uh, because the child's the child is supposed to see an adult as a means to obtain food, as a means to survive, as a means to um, obtain everything that they need in life, because um, they can't do them it themselves and adults are supposed to do that for them, so um, it's illegal uh, to not give them what they need in order to survive in life. Uh, and we're also mandated reporters in the sense that we also will report and file report if we know that an elderly person um, is also being abused. Um, taken advantage of um, or hurt in any capacity, mental, emotional, and physical. Um, And we go through the same process as we do for children. So that's why they ask you those questions. And that's mainly the process of it. So when a young therapist like myself, or I'm not a therapist, if a young trainee like myself um, or a newly vetted therapist um, that I will soon be, uh, stumbles over those questions, it's because, <laughs> one, those questions are extremely sensitive and very taboo to talk about, um, and very uncomfortable, and second, because they're, to some therapists, um, a bit uncomfortable to ask about, um, yeah, so, but we're required by law to ask those questions, so... We kind of can't go around not asking those questions or else we lose our drop. <laughs> so we have to ask those questions, but also it's good to ask those questions. Um, I'm not putting it down. Um, it's good to ask those questions because safety is important. Without safety, and I don't know if you can hear my cat. She's like making muffins next to me. Hold on. Here's some ASMR cats. <laughs> Sounds Thank you, Gemma, for your input. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it's, it's good to ask those questions too, because we can't work on stress. We can't work on, helping you if you're constantly worried about your physical health and, um, surviving, um, because that's all your mind and body is going to be processing is trying to survive. Um, so when that's addressed and that's fine and that's good, um, then we can talk about your mental health and help you in that way. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That is the lowdown on (laughs) the questions and the assessment. It can be extremely uh, stressful for a person coming into a therapy session to experience because it's a lot of questions, and it's usually done within a 45-minute to a 50-minute session with your therapist. Um... Yeah, and so it could be a lot. But I want to let you know, and this is okay, now we're not out of the assessment part of talking about like the questions. Now I want to talk about like your part in it because therapy can't happen without you. (laughs) And you play as big, well, you play the biggest role in therapy. And When it comes to therapy and including within the first session during your assessment portion, you have free will. Just because this person across from you or via (laughs) Zoom (laughs) um, is a licensed and educated person doesn't mean that you should feel intimidated by them. It shouldn't mean that like they have agency over your autonomy um, and how fast or slow your therapy is. And what I mean by that is you have full autonomy for what your therapy looks like. So if that therapist is just running through those questions really, really fast and isn't really being supportive and really, like, giving you validation for even sharing something that's so big. You could tell them, hey, like, can we pause? Like, I know that you have to get through these questions because you're supposed to and you have to fill out all of these this paperwork. But, like, I need to pause. Like, I'm feeling emotional and – or just – Hey, like I need a pause. Like I just need a pause. You don't even have to explain yourself or go into full depth of empathy <laughs> with them. You could just say, "Hey, I need a pause. That's a lot. Can you go slower? You have full autonomy and full reigned reins. like you hold the reins of how fast, how slow, and where this therapy journey with your therapist is going. As my beautiful and amazing partner reminded me, (laughs) and sometimes I do need reminders, even though I am a person who is studying therapy, as a person receiving therapy as well, I also need reminders that, hey, like, this is my money. (laughs) I could be spending $25 an hour, well, therapy hour, which is like 45 to 50 minutes, whatever. I could be spending $25, or I used to spend $150 for a session, because uh, I didn't have insurance, um, <clears throat> but anyways, I could spend that amount of money, where was I going with this, I'm sorry, I had a thought, and then it flew away, yes, I'm the one that is paying for this therapy, I am the one that is taking this step in order to help myself. And help for me looks like therapy. And I'm spending this money, and this person is benefiting and living their life from my money that I'm spending. So, yeah, I'm going to say, like, hey, this isn't really working out for me. Hey, in the past, like, I had a therapy therapists who did this this and this and it did not help me in the past I had a therapist who did this this and this and it helped me I know that I need a therapist who is my cheerleader I like to dance (laughs) and like throw jokes (laughs) like I need a person that I can socialize with normally and I don't need to be professional with Um, And I can be myself with. And this is what I need from you. You have full autonomy. You have full power of how your therapy is. Granted, each therapist is very different. (laughs) And I will totally be a therapist that, like, gets out of my chair and dances with you when you do something that you've never done before. you tried something. Like... (laughs) I will be that cheerleader for you and but some therapists won't get out of their seat and dance uh some therapists will just say like wow I see that like you took a really big step like how does that feel to take a big step because to me that looks awesome but like I could say that looks awesome but what matters at the end is like how you feel like are you proud of yourself like what's going on like some therapists will just like sit with you and how you feel of accomplishment accomplishing accomplish i can't speak (laughs) accomplish uh, i cannot say this word accomplishing there you go something so small or so big Um, And they'll they'll process it with you, whereas some therapists will do that, but they'll also be your cheerleader like me. So everybody has different quirks, different ways of being a therapist. However, at the end of the day, they will only give you what you need. And 90% of that Probably 99.9% of that is, like, from what you've told them is helping and what doesn't. And you honoring your autonomy and speaking up for yourself and what's working and what isn't, what you need and what you don't. So, yeah. I hope that that made sense. I hope that that wasn't too much too fast i know that first sessions with therapists and therapy in general can be really intimidating but you just going to therapy is like such a big step um again not everybody needs it and therapy doesn't work for everybody else i i'll also excuse me um so whatever way that you are taking a step in order to like help yourself out and to help you feel better, like mad props to you. So yeah. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. I know I talked really fast cause I was trying to get as much detailed information as possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope you all have a good week.